0: I just don't have time for B-List, guys. Hired gun is the best available musician. Nobody will know who he is, but he gets the gig because he's the elite player. I have the most brilliant, wonderful, best ever band. Give him my hand. As a Hired gun, quote unquote, I'm there to be a supportive band member to the artist, to the other musicians, to the audience. know the riffs that they played on guitar or piano or saxophone, but we don't know their face or their name.
1: For years, I've been like, I don't want to be a side guy anymore. But how do you say no to Bon Jovi?
0: When I was a kid, I always said, I want to be in a band like a kiss i didn't know i'd end up in kiss you're sitting in the front row to a very glamorous lifestyle but it has nothing to do with you billy Joel sounded like billy joel because of liberty devito the keith richards of that band if billy is the father of those songs i'm at least the uncle you look at the, the the Billboard Top 100, and you're like on 30 of the songs. And we had a lot to do with them. It seems like there's about 20 musicians we're talking about that have made every single record that everybody owns.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, once again, you know who it is. It's the Lord. Nelson, that is, the big guy with the little show, live and live with the Lord podcast. And I have a great, 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 great guest today, man. You just don't understand how how honored I am to have this young man. He'll be humble about it, but he's really, he's big time. And so it just makes me feel good that he's here on the little show with the big guy. So ladies and gentlemen, he's a director, he's a videographer, he's a photographer. He's been with, I don't know, so many of the biggest bands in the world. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but we'll let him Describe it and talk about it as I ask a few questions to him. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the show, Mr. Franz Dry. Yeah, and i Thank you
0: for having me on and making me feel important. I appreciate.
1: Come on, man! Stop (laughs) it. 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 You are that guy, man. So let's get into it because he's a busy man, and uh, we're going to get him in and we're going to get him out. So um, I always like to ask two questions to start it off. Where are you from? First one.
0: Where am I from? I was actually I was born in Spain because everybody's like. Yeah, everybody's like, man, that's, you got a weird a weird name, Fran. I'm like, well, it's actually Francisco. Right,
1: right, right.
0: Right? Yeah. So I lived there for about five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my father was in the military. My mother is a native of, of Spain. Right. And my father wound up getting a job for Lockheed Martin. And that's hmm. why uh, then I moved to Atlanta. Okay. And uh, I stayed in Atlanta the rest of my life, basically, up until 2020. I started touring yeah. with different bands or whatnot. And, uh, that took me all over America. And I was just like, you know what? I might want to escape Atlanta for a little bit. Cause there's, there's some stuff I'm just not, you know, and if you know my political stance, I, I lean to the left. I got you. <laughs> and, uh, There's still some blood sucking bigots and a lot of racism there and a lot of stuff. I don't believe in politically right. and, uh, just doesn't fit my, my mojo. So I was gotcha. like, you know, I, and I fell in love with Northern California. So I moved to the Bay Area. Right. And uh, it, it was a life changer for me. I became much more happier, more fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And then uh, recently, about three years ago, I moved to the LA area because work is mm-hmm. just beckoning me down here. So, uh, you know, staying really busy here in, in the Santa Monica area.
1: Got you. So, what, what was good uh, about Atlanta? What's the best thing about Atlanta? Did you live there so many years?
0: Waffle House. Waffle <laughs> house. <laughs> no, it's not the bad, you know, I have so many great friends that I still love it. And I talk to them every day.
1: Right.
0: Uh, so the friendships that I have with the cool people, you know, mm-hmm. I, I miss them dearly. My mother's still there. I'll probably right. make a trip there next month. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, what I don't miss is the weather. The humidity was another driving factor to get me out because right. I, I can't stand it. And uh, I was just on vacation in uh, Cabo San Lucas with the girlfriend last week, and it was—it yeah. reminded me of Georgia, the, the humidity, of the first couple right. of days. I was like, yeah. I'm not having any fun here. You know, it was terrible. <laughs> but, you know, those. You know, and look, I missed some of the venues there because here in LA, you know, to try to go see a show, it's just so crowded, and it's just right. with well, their arms crossed because they don't give a shit. They're there mm. just. To, you know, oh, I was there, you know, then I right. didn't join the show, but man, I missed the Tabernacle, the Fox Theater, mm-hmm. uh, man, even back in the day, the Metroplex, you know, I, I cut my teeth in concerts there, man. Right. I saw some great shows in the Strand Theater in Marietta when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, obviously the Omni, which is now, mm-hmm. Arena. I don't know what yeah. it's called now, but, right. uh, you know, I definitely miss going to shows back then because they were so intense and so much fun and uh mm-hmm. yeah. You, and I, I wish i could relive that day and then honestly man you know when i was really young underage there mm-hmm. was a bar on highway 41 called danny's rock and roll bar okay and i would go there and see all these bands and uh that's where i first met butch walker who i wound up doing a little bit of work with he's a, mm-hmm. a producer and was in a band called the marbles three for a bunch of years and uh, we still communicate you know all these years later and this right. is going back to when i was a teen. i'm 56 i sure. was uh, 16 17 years old at the time, yeah, yeah. This so that's I, I yeah. out of Georgia yeah. All right.
1: <laughs> Atlanta, man. It is, it, it is something different, man. So, so you've been a photographer and a videographer for so many big bands, mm-hmm. you have amazing stories, I, I guarantee you, for each of them. So, yeah. so how hard or easy was it to like navigate between you know the work and simply just losing yourself in the music in the moment?
0: You know, that the downside of my job was I lost my appreciation for music.
1: Mm.
0: You know what I mean? It's like, you're hearing this, especially when you're touring with a band for three, four or five years, or even in my, as so I worked with stained, it was for, you know, eight years i think nickelback was a good six years either right. you know and i'm a fan of all their music mm-hmm. you know but after you hear it for it just sounds like white noise you know you don't right. really enjoy you're not in the moment you're you're doing your job and uh, that's what you get paid to do so right. you job. and uh you know I, I will say this when i shot kiss on the reunion tour i did the right. very first show they did back at tiger stadium right I lost my shit because Kissed me when growing up was like,
1: Yes, the, indeed. What did you
0: do? Yeah, it was at <laughs> Tiger Stadium. And when the curtain dropped and they opened up with the, tr- I was crying like a baby. Wow. Wow. And I'm like, Okay, I'm going to lose my job because I can't, <laughs> do shit. I was to, you know, this is before digital and, and right. you know, focus anything. I'm yeah. like, knows what I so uh, <laughs> that, that show uh, I lost my shit you know there's been a few shows where I'm mm-hmm. like I can't believe I'm sitting here shooting this you know yeah because
1: yeah. Well, uh, anyway, I was going to ask you which, which tour brought you the most satisfaction you know the work that you've done
0: yeah you know one of the bands I really enjoyed touring with because the show is really never the same twice was Slipknot mm-hmm I've done a few tours with those guys, and they gave me carte blanche. To, you know, you can jump wow. on the stage, jump on the drum set, do whatever you want. You know, wow. just get the. And I've had a very long history with that band, so they mm-hmm. trust me and know that I'm not going to do anything to get in their way.
1: Right.
0: Uh, but shooting those gets just intense, man, because me as a photographer, I could have got hurt, you mm-hmm. know, flying around with baseball bats beating up right, drums. Right, right, right. right. And, uh, you know, our boys the Seven Dust, man, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, they're always fun to shoot. Like, they're just so high. So anybody with high energy, I really enjoy shooting.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, because it's uh, it's challenged. It challenges me as a photographer, right. You know, to get the great shot and, you know, work on my reflexes and, and my eye. So, yeah, yeah,
1: Slipknot is definitely a beautiful chaos, man. Yeah, it's, it, it's amazing. And then the way that they, you know, control that crowd and it, it's just it's beautiful, though, man. It really, yeah, Corey, Taylor, Corey, yeah, Corey, Corey Taylor, yeah, Corey Taylor,
0: yeah, he uh, commands that stage and yes. and has the audience in the palm of his hands. percent.
1: Whatever you said, I didn't know. I looked at, I was just like, man, it's amazing, it's amazing. <laughs> so right. let's let's roll in the hired gun. Yeah, it's so amazingly informative and entertaining. I mean, I'm telling you, it's it's one of the best documentaries out there. It is. It really is. So so it's a definite must watch to me. So you really captured something special with it. So did it reshape your opinion of the superstars these hired guns work for?
0: you know it it kind of did but i don't only blame the the superstars cuz okay. they you know, they they really their orbit is so gigantic when you're talking about mm-hmm. like, i've got a new show that we can talk about that i'm working on it's you know it's not hired gun, but it's, it's similar same realm gotcha. but uh you know i didn't know how bad some of these guys had it or how good some of them had it until yeah. i did did the interviews i was shocked mm. you know i was like mm. You know, there's some of the drum techs were making more than the drummers wow. that were hired. Yeah. So, you know, um, I want to say we did like 60 interviews for Hired Again. I think we used a little over 20, 25 interviews in the mm-hmm. movie. Some some of the stories just weren't great. You know, when you're making a movie, you got to kind of keep that at bay. Right. You know, you're there to service the film and, and tell a great story, not just pack it with people. But right. You know, I, I didn't know that was my first movie. I, you know, I was naive. I was like, I better go get all the interviews I can because, Mm -hmm. and in doing that, I also, you know, you never know what you're going to get because a lot of these movies are made, especially documentaries in the edit bay, as you're with your editor, you're finding new story themes and handoffs. So that, that was a a catalyst for me. But, uh, you know, some of these guys, you just, you feel sorry for, you know, you really do. And I still do. And, uh, you have maintained friendships with both of you. The one guy that I think I really pissed off was Richard Patrick from filter. Yeah,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> you know, He didn't come out looking that good in the movie, but it wasn't, I was, my intention was to never throw anybody under the bus. It was just right. to tell the story. And if they told me the story, it was open game, you gotcha. know? And uh he just thought that I made him look like shit. I'm like, well, you made yourself look like, <laughs> this. Not me, but, but I also gave him praise. I'm like, you know what? You in the, in the film, if you haven't seen it, or if you have from memory, he, uh, you know, he got treated like shit, non-inch nails, but it was also a platform for him to go out and do his own solo thing. Right. Them. I understand and I was, that. And I love filter like right. filter. I love them. Mm-hmm. Like I listen to their, I still listen to her, even though we have beef. Right. But, uh, he wrote me an email and he's like, man, you made me look like shit. And I'm like, well, man, you know, first of all, you're doing what Trent Reznor did to you, mm-hmm. Right. You, right. But at least, you know, you. You're, yeah. tell, you're, you're telling your band, I'm not going to pay you a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be, you know, glitz and glamour, five-star hotels. Right. You know, I'll be sleeping in the bus at all the time and right. getting a you know, shower room or whatnot. Yes. Yeah. And you'll get to see the world and play my music. You know, so he told them in advance. So to me, I give them props for that. He didn't lie to them. Indeed. Until, Indeed. They knew. They yeah, knew. That's what yeah. I tried to tell them. i like, you know, I was like, you come across kind of crass in the interview, mm-hmm. but you're being honest with your band guys. Right. You know, you should be applauded for that instead
1: Indeed. of, Indeed, I think that's the best thing. That's, that's the honesty yeah. is, is, man, that's, that's a big key to think. It
0: yeah. Really but the thing is, and, and I always tell <laughs> a lot of these guys are pouring their hearts out in these stories. I'm like, okay, you just told me some really personal shit. Like, mm-hmm. right. You're going to treat your band like shit, basically. And da-da-da. it's one thing to tell me, it's another thing when you see it on screen with a music score behind it, an archive, right. and like really well put together and the story art built. It's a and it, Yeah. And, then when you, <laughs> and when the artist sees that, they're like, oh, shit, maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, but I got to credit myself for telling these stories, because if it wasn't for my years of touring and right. being in the studio setting with all these artists, you Know, I kind of know their lingo and their life, mm-hmm. so they open up to me very easily and tell me stuff maybe they shouldn't.
1: Gotcha.
0: You know, but again, I never try to attack anybody or do any kind of sleazy TMZ type stuff. You know, yeah. if the story is worth telling and it's not going to harm somebody. Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, there's stuff on the cutting room floor I could have put on that it would have ended people's careers, yeah. but that, that's not my objective. Right. You know, okay. my objective is to entertain people and I make movies that I would want to see.
1: Uh, yeah. listen amazing documentary, man. Just to see that, you know, my thing, uh, uh, what's the name? Liberty, Liberty DeVito. He was, you know, Billy Joe's, I, I was just like, wow. I was like, and yeah. Billy Joe, come on, man. Well, you know? let,
0: me, let me tell you a backstory about that. Mm-hmm. Liberty DeVito was the first person I reached out to to interview. Right. He didn't have an agent. He didn't have a PR person. I found him on Facebook and I just said, Hey man, I'm doing this movie. This is the concept i'd love to interview you You have a fantastic story you know Mm -hmm. and um he agreed to do it you know and uh we got it down and you know i'm hearing all these horrible things about billy joel so i was like you know i'm gonna give billy joel a chance to Mm -hmm. uh have his piece right so i reached out to him uh i actually got his personal email from somebody Mm -hmm. you know that's one of the things about being a documentarian you gotta like
1: but
0: they're working <laughs> by people right, to get right, right, you, right. So I got an yeah. email and I emailed him. I'm like, you know, Mr. Joel, I'm doing this film called hired gun. And there's some questionable things being said about you by your ex bandmates. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know if you'd like to defend yourself or speak to it. Right. And he wrote me back. I was surprised <laughs> the next day. He's like, can I see a transcript or some of the footage yeah. and, you know, doing a documentary, you want to be as transparent as you can. Mm-hmm. So uh, I sent it to him. And the next thing I know, I get a, a letter from his attorneys asking me to cease and desist, wow. like get rid of everything. Wow. But as a film, I, I have the right to make the movie, Right. Indeed. you know, it's, it's not on me. So <laughs> I, and I asked him again, kindly, I was like, you know, give you one more chance because we've got to wrap this movie up and yeah. he still decline. So you know, I try to make it as fair as I could look, you know, in the movie, Liberty does ask for more money mm-hmm. and I hear Billy Joel and some archives saying, you know, these guys just want money, 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 the more mm-hmm. I make the more they want. Mm-hmm. You know, so is that fair? That, and that's a fair question. Mm-hmm. You know uh, I know when I work for, you know, movie studio now it's like, well, this director is getting this much money. Why am I only getting this much? Or how come I don't have as much control? And you know, you, you always want more power. Mm-hmm things get bigger. You want to have more control. Right, indeed, indeed. And, and the, the sad thing is you lose control, the bigger you get, got you, got you. you know, in in my situation, you. you know, uh, and the studios know that, you know, yes. they're like, oh,
1: talking about you, you talk about a lot of money, man. You're talking yeah. money, buddy, buddy.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's not cheap to make these, you know, it's funny, man, because I have a lot of filmmakers reach out to me asking for advice. Mm-hmm. And I, and the first thing I tell them is the bad news. Like, right let me tell you the hard parts of making a movie first mm-hmm. because yeah. uh, before you spend two three years on something make sure you're doing this the right way because i learned a lot of valuable lessons making Hired a gun and they right. you know, just made the ray parker jr documentary mm-hmm. who you going to call that's out on sony pictures now we'll right. talk minute, I hope. um it made my life so much easier on the second movie you know? There there's there a lot of disasters that could have happened in Hired Gun and I diverted them before they got way, way out of hand.
1: Right.
0: And uh and I learned a lot of lessons on what not to do in the Ray Parker movie and who not to mm-hmm. back, you know, to work with me again because there was making higher gun it was one of the hardest things I've ever done, you know, yeah. because there was, there was a lot of egos involved. Mm-hmm. And I just and I just, you know, I I quit touring, you know, and I was making a wonderful career at touring, making a lot of money. But I was done. I was turning 50. I was touring with Five Finger Death Punch. And I'm like, well, wow. what am I doing at 50 years old touring with <laughs> Death Punch? This is it was a horrible experience from A to Z.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I was just like, I want out. What am I going to do? You mm. know, and I knew that I could, I could do this. Yeah. Uh, make a a, a a big documentary with, you know, a great story because I knew these guys' stories. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think I achieved it with *Hired Gun*, and I definitely yeah, achieved it with, definitely. with Ray Parker's movie. I'm super proud of it, probably more so than *Hired Gun*.
1: Really, and, and listen, and you should be, man. It was again. There's so much that we can talk about. And, Let's it's talk? Like, no, no, no. I'm just saying, man. As far as time-wise, but I'm going to be respectful of it. So, um, so uh, so the the stars. So, do you think these guys are just assholes, or do they just have a drive for excellence? That has made them the superstar
0: that they are. The people I'm dealing with,
1: yeah. As far as like you know, yeah. the, you know, just you know, finishing up with hired gun. When you look at these individuals, you know, mm-hmm. some of them are cool, you know, um, but some of them are like, but 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 maybe it's just their drive, you know, because they they definitely have a drive. Those superstars have a definite drive
0: to get the win. Yeah, they. you know what their drive is is desperation. They don't want to go back to the beginning. Okay, so the true superstar, yeah. So we yeah. you watch like the Lady Gaga, or a Pink, or mm-hmm. a Rob Thompson, or an Alice Cooper—they yeah. strive for excellence. They have the best of the best around them. And I'll, I'll tell you something: David Foster, who's then hired David Gun by, yeah. a big producer. And he goes, "How's the movie coming along?" You know, yeah. it's like, "It's cool, man." You know, I was like, "Thanks for giving me your time in it." You know, it's, it's it's challenging, but it's it's cool. He goes, "Well, let me give you a bit of advice." He goes, "I even do this as a producer, a record." Right. Producer. Mm-hmm. And I tell all my film buddies this too, man. You know, J- James Cameron taught, taught told him, I guess, with Titanic because he did uh-huh. the Celine Dion song. He's like, always sound your, surround yourself with people smarter than you in your yeah. industry, and you know, it will only elevate your craft. Okay. You. So that's what I did, man. You know, after *Hired Gun*, I, and I had some incredible people in *Hired Gun*, and if you look at the credits. On who you're gonna call, an IMDb or whatever, you don't right. see names of people that are on hired gun. There's a reason. Yeah, mm. right. yeah, I yeah. got to. I got you. so. Uh, well, you're supposed
1: it, to keep elevating, man. No doubt, no doubt. It's supposed to get better.
0: You know. Oh, and it did, man. Yeah. Like the people I surround, there's no no egos, all for the cause of making the best movie you can make, all, right. all the way down from my editors, producers, mm-hmm. uh, sound people. You know, my cinematographers, everybody from A to Z, is there to serve the purpose of the movie, not me, not my ego. Right. None of that is to serve the purpose of the movie and make the best movie we can, uh, okay. and uh, we definitely achieved it.
1: Indeed, this, yeah. Indeed. so okay, we, we, let's 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 run to Dolly Parton right quick.
0: Sure, live
1: from London. What about working with her? Spoke to you differently than you know working with the rock and roll guys and yeah. gal?
0: Okay, so working with you know. The pinks and Bon Jovi's, and those, mm-hmm. those guys are superstars. Right. Dolly Parton's an icon.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely.
0: Right. I mean, yeah. she is a living legend. Right. There's not many of those around. Maybe Stevie Wonder. Right. Or, you know, just a handful of people. Mm-hmm. But believe it or not, my relationship going back to Slipknot is what introduced me to Dolly Parton. Really? Yeah. So Danny Nazelle was Slipknot's tour manager. Mm hmm. And right at the beginning, like in 1999. And uh, that's when I got involved with Slutknot as well. But right. that's how far back we go. Anyway, a few years goes by, you know, do a few tours of Slutknot. And Danny's gone. He's, I don't know, I haven't heard from him in a few years. I just get a phone call from him one day. You mm-hmm. know, I was like, hey, man, how's it going? He's like, great. He goes, what are you doing? I'm like, kick I was still living in Atlanta. And I'm just kicking around, just doing gigs. You know, wow. he's like, okay, he goes, well, look. You don't know this yet, but I've been managing Dolly Parton's worldwide career—not wow. tour managing, but managing her right. career. What? He goes, "Yeah, man." He goes, "I'm turning her. You know, um, we're we're trying to get her global again, and right. um, like, you know, I wanted to see if you might be interested in shooting directing her uh, DVD, oh, bring you out for a couple of weeks. We want to film two shows in London at the O2 mm-hmm. Arena. Then we did two other shows in uh, Glasgow, Scotland." Mm. Obviously, the O2 Arena one's the one that made, you know, the cuts. Mm -hmm. But uh, we filmed, you know, all four shows, spent two weeks there. She flew us all out. And she is hands down the most professional, sweet, kind, generous person I've ever worked with in my career. And then shortly after that, you know, she found out I was a a photographer. Mm -hmm. And uh, she invited me to shoot uh, one of her album covers. Right. And, uh, that, that was a lot of fun. It was, I was on the road, with stained at the time. Right. We were like in Arkansas, you know, mm-hmm. and I get the call and they're like, Hey, Dolly would, would love for you to shoot our album cover. And I was like, okay, when? Tomorrow. <laughs> <I'm> like, road. <laughs> Lucky for me, you know, stained guys are like family. So I just went and talked to Mike Mushock and, and Aaron Lewis. I'm like, man, I got this opportunity, you know, A, to make a lot of money. Yeah. And B, to really elevate my career more. And they were so cool. They're like, too. are awesome. you kidding me? leave mm-hmm. now. Right. <laughs> so I did. And I showed up I and mean, I was barefoot, like just had flip-flops, <laughs> on, pair of shorts and a t-shirt when I met Dolly for the right. first time. Wow! You know, she came in, she was ready to go camera ready. We we shot all day. And uh, one of the coolest things that ever happened in my entire life happened on that shoot. Uh, there was a film crew and they're filming me taking photos behind right. mm-hmm. the scenes crew yeah. shooting stuff for yeah. a music video. And she stopped me. She goes, I have a bizarre question. To ask. Like, oh, what, what do you want? She goes, would you let me shave your head for a scene in this music video? I'm like, come again. Right. You want to shave my head? She's like, yes. I think it'd be so cute to put it in the video. I'm like a hundred percent. Yes. Right. So We had a runner go out and get some, you know, yeah. like shaving cream and a bick razor, man. And she sat me down in a chair and it's in the music video. I think right. the music, is, uh changing is the right. name of the video. In about the two minute mark, you'll see Dolly Parton shaving yeah, my head. Awesome. No cuts, no nicks.
1: Yeah.
0: It's Amazing. And then uh, a few years <laughs> later, as a matter of fact, when Hired Gun was premiering, we did our world premiere the uh, South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. I got another call from her asking me if I'd be interested in shooting her latest album. Wow. Right. Uh, of course, I said yes. I'm that's like, when? We'd like day after tomorrow i'm like well i'm in nashville or i'm in uh, austin texas promoting mm-hmm. my film yeah. it'll be at least five days before i get down if there's any way that we can you can accommodate me and mm-hmm. of course she said yes and we went down and i spent two days with her shooting this album cover uh pure and simple yeah. Yeah. Uh, in her backyard and uh just an incredible time man she's just such a pro and I even told her, I was like, Dolly, you make my job so easy because Beautiful. I don't have to give her any direction. She's been doing this so long. Life. She knows her Indeed. moves and her looks and what looks best for her. Indeed. So she would just tell me, when you think you got three good pictures, let me know, and I'll go change and come back. And I'm like, "Easy, man." so easy. You know?
1: man. A baby. And, and she is, just like you said, she's an icon, man. No yeah,
0: God. and all, you know what happened? What was funny was I got an email from her and her team about 2 months ago she's putting together a coffee table book of all her outfits throughout the years and some really? of her, yeah some a lot of, of them mm-hmm. oh god and in the book is going to be uh her, a lot of the photographers that worked with her talking about their experiences with her and what it was like awesome. to work with her and and they included me in the books. I did this, of this two hour interview with one of the publishers, I guess, and, and some other people. But uh it comes out in November. I'm so excited to be a part of it. I just should be man. You, you completely know. Honored, man. Yeah.
1: yeah, you left a beautiful impression on her, man, for the first yeah, time. Yeah, man. And awesome. we, had,
0: dude, we had so much fun. I gotta tell you the, the, you know they' always the second day of shooting her, she does like 20 wardrobe changes. Mm-hmm. She essentially does one photo shoot a year. So, when you go to the grocery store or whatever, and you're looking at a magazine, you see her on the cover of like a Cosmo or a Women's right. Day. All those photos were taken in one day because she's not going to get dressed up like that every time right, she's so, smart, man. Start. Yeah, yeah. So it it uh, doesn't barbecue her time every time she needs to shoot. She does it one day. But, uh, you know, fascinal, man. she is. Fascinal. She knows what she's doing, man. Yeah. And it was well, just always a pleasure to work with her. Awesome man! And
1: see, so you answered other questions I was going to ask about it. You roll right on in it, so we're we're good to go, man. So now I do want to roll into Mr. Ray Parker Jr. I, I,
0: another another legend that is uh, so a
1: legend. Incredible. He's I, Listen, he's iconic to me. I, yeah, growing up, there's so many songs. So let me get to my little thing right here. Ray Parker oh. Jr. Beyond amazing musically. I grew up listening to him, uh, remembering the songs he made with Radio. See, that yeah. was big to me, you know, my family. And we we really listened to it. So A Woman Needs Love, The Other Woman, uh, Jack and Jill. You can't change that right. is, is probably my favorite song, no doubt about it. I love it. And then finding out about the Leo Sayer thing, you know, yeah. and not getting credit for that, you know, whatever, you know, watching, I was just like, man, it's crazy. So and, and even the ghost, the Ghostbusters thing is cool to me. And that's what really got him to that stratosphere. Yeah. He was already an icon to me. And so yeah. many of my friends and stuff, is, I mean, we dance to that music being young. You know, we're around the same age. I mean, we dance yeah. to that music. So um, how much did you enjoy making the documentary? Uh, Who are you going to call?
0: And first of all, you know, I met Ray during Hired Gun. hmm Right? He's in Hired Gun for just a couple minutes. Right. But I would bring him to festivals with me because he would fill the seats, right? Indeed. Like we would be sold out in no over because people want to meet Ray. hmm uh it only you know benefited me yes. you know it's like okay if i bring him along it'd be as yeah, expensive to fly another body around or whatnot right. but we went to australia
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's a 16 hour flight right. and uh, he's a big dude like i am he's six five i'm six two
1: yeah i'm six five but, too, uh, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: so uh you know we're flying business class mm-hmm. it was a long, long flights so we're sitting right. next to each other and we're just talking he starts telling me a lot more of a story they failed to tell me during the Higher Gun interview. Cause you got to remember, he's been doing this since he was 13 years I know old. Oh, it's crazy, man. Yeah. So he's yeah. forgotten more than he remembers. Yes, he did. On that flight, I knew immediately if he would agree to it, what my next movie would be. Right. Well, the they associate with except for this instance like you, where he kind of knows backstory with mm-hmm. radio and whatnot. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just know him from Ghostbusters. Right. You know? Right. And he's much more than that. You know, uh this legacy leaves a wake of just legacy songs that'll never die with shock Khan to Barry White. Right, right, Stevie Wonder, you know, and you're talking about a highlight of a career mm-hmm. when Stevie Wonder agreed to do the interview and I'm I'm sitting three feet away from Stevie Wonder. Yes. I, I don't get starstruck often, but I, I was am with you. I'm I'm like, Am I gonna start <laughs> stuttering here or what? You know? <laughs> but uh, he was so cool and yeah. so kind and precious with his time, you know, cause uh, you know, none of these guys get paid to do this stuff in right. these documentaries. So they're, mm-hmm. they're in essence, you know, killing a day to come do something for free you know, for somebody that I don't know. He didn't know me. Of right. course, Ray still have a great friendship. So he mm-hmm. did it for Ray, yeah. but uh, he understood what he was up against. You know, spending the whole day with me and, right. you know, answering questions, you know, and uh, you know, and, when I asked Ray about doing this film, he goes, you want to do a movie about me? Nobody's mm-hmm. ever asked that before. I'm like, right. it's because people don't know your career, man. And you're, right. you, you've been doing this so long, it's probably not special to you. Right. But to me, my mind is blown that you played with Bill Weathers on Lovely yes. Day. <laughs> and you played all of these Barry White songs. And Barry it White
1: Love The you know, orchestra, crazy,
0: man. Yeah, man. And you know the funny thing is, Barry White did not allow outside songwriters, but he allowed Ray to come in and write two songs with him. Herbie Hancock, I got yeah. to meet yeah. the interview. Yeah. Ray played all over his stuff, and yeah. uh, you know all these other legends that he played with, and uh, you know, Holland Dozier Holland. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, I'm ashamed because I don't know who they are. For those of you who don't know who Holland Dozier Holland are, they're they Motown royalty. Yes, indeed. They wrote all the so all the songs for the Supremes, the Temptations, the Four right. Tops.
1: Yes.
0: All those songs, those three guys, the the Dozier brothers and or the Dozier uh, the Holland brothers and mm-hmm. on Dozier wrote, produced, arranged yes, the lyrics, everything to all those iconic songs, man. Right. And uh, they don't get the credit they deserve either. I don't think because they yeah. they just hit makers man one after the other so getting to meet all three of those guys mm-hmm. was you know after i learned about their history it was an, another you know shaking in my boots moment because it was it was a trip man mm-hmm. but you know raising right Ray our relationship we still you know i hang out him. i was at his house fourth of july and mm-hmm. he was not far from me so we still, have to. matter of fact, I was on the phone with him all day yesterday and we still have a wonderful friendship. And uh he still can't believe that you know Sony picked Sony Pictures picked up the Ray Parker, you know, which was a big deal for for my career and uh for him. And uh it's just wonderful, man. It's a great story. And what's even cooler, I went to dinner last night and there was this kid that I was introduced to, and he goes, Man, I was flying home from London on United Airlines and I saw Ray's movie yeah. on the air, and I watched it right you know he goes this kid this kid's probably 18 years old because mm-hmm. i learned so much about him yes, i thought he was, the Ghostbuster. I was yeah. like well that's why i made the movie you know yeah,
1: oh, yeah. he's he's an icon man i mean really yeah. there's, there's no doubt you tell him i say, hey man one of the greatest and, and just the music just still plays in my head he is really yeah. that guy he really is man and and, and it's it is nothing but love so yeah. um Man, we can just keep it anyway, man. Keep going, man. I'm, no, I'm, no, 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 we're good. We're good. So, what keeps you excited about what you do? Is it the music or the people?
0: It's the stories. stories. The music's the background, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Without you know, you you can just play music under a bunch of interviews, whereas it's not a story there. Right. The audience is not going to be compelled,
1: mm-hmm. right? And
0: to me, I love when I go, like I said, I make movies I would want to see, right. And when I go see a movie, I want to laugh. I want to cry. I want to cheer. I want to feel all the emotions in that Love 90 minutes. Love it. Love and it. And that's what I I strive to do, and hopefully I do you it. You do. You do. But, uh, you know, that's what keeps me going. And when I take on a project, I always say this, too. If I'm if i if I'm not losing sleep every night thinking about it and obsessing mm-hmm. about it, Life. I'm the wrong guy to do the movie. Gotcha. So I have to be – because it's it really is – a soul crushing venture to make a documentary because a lot of people think you just film and put it together and it's out the door. No, there's you know music licensing. Right. Every one of those songs you have to pay for yeah. and negotiate a rate for and yeah. hopefully the artist is going to you know work with you on it. Right. And uh then you hope the record label's going because there's two if you're an artist, you know there's yeah. the publishing side and the master that's, side. That's right, indeed. You get permission from both. Right. You've know, <laughs> yeah. you got a problem, right? <laughs> So that's one uh, thing. And then, you know, the finding all the archives, you know, and you have to pay for every one of the, every photo, I think in higher gun and Erasement, we probably use eight or 900 photos and you got to pay for every one of those, find wow. the copyright holder, right. sign an agreement, pay for it. You know, and you have, you have to, you know, all these distributors, they want uh worldwide in perpetuity forever.
1: Mm. So,
0: you know, and a lot of people don't want to let go of their shit for that right. long. do.
1: Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Yeah, and I understand, man. I'm a photographer too. And that shit's precious to me. So <laughs> you better pay me if you want to keep it
1: forever. <laughs> dude, it around I'm, the world. And a, I'm learning more. Like my wife would always say, like, she's like, you got to get paid more, man. You just, you're so nice. <laughs> you got to do some other yeah. things. I said, well, I, I'm getting older now. So I said, I, well, The thing I is, is, man, it. you yeah. know,
0: when you're successful, yeah, that's when everybody wants to cling on to you and you start making a little bit more money. Right. And I'm enjoying some of those those things now so you know right now you're asking me what you know what keeps me up and what i'm doing so right now i have a show uh called first call about first call musicians we're talking about the top one percent of the musicians that get these calls to play with the weekend rihanna lady gaga the, the biggest fans ever and uh and what their lives are like so it's 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 a departure from Hired Gun where we focus more on their, their personal lives, their mm-hmm. home lives, than we do on the road. What we focus on on the road is the good times. Right. And then when that six weeks is up, what what happens next?
1: Right. Right, well, Indeed. Indeed. Yeah,
0: because, you know. uh it's a different
1: and, feeling uh, when you get back home, man. It's just like, oh. oh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know the feeling. Even I yeah. just, like, if it, when, it, when it gigs up for me back right. in the day, I was just like, well, the phone hasn't rang in six months. <laughs> right. what am I going to do? Am I going to go start slinging hamburgers, you know, because I'm not going to provide. Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing. And one of the craziest things, well, I got a cold email one day from this guy. Uh, and this is years. This was just not even a year ago, you know, probably six, seven months ago. And he was telling me how much he enjoyed *Hired Gun*, you know, and how he got my email address. But he's like, "Dude, *Hired Gun* was a masterpiece. I loved it. I love the way you tell stories. You should give me a call sometime." Had his phone number there, and then in the signature of his email, uh, Ben Feigen, executive producer of *Shit's Creek*.
1: Ooh, wow!
0: Now, wow. if anybody knows about *Shit's Creek*, it's yes. up there. *Einfeld Friends*, yes
1: territory. sir, yes it's sir.
0: You, so. So, of course, I, I sent him a text. I'm like, man, thank you for the beautiful email. I really appreciate it. You know, uh, let me know if you'd ever like to talk. And he texts me right away. Is like, want to have breakfast?
1: Mm.
0: Like now, I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. So yeah. I went and, met him and uh, we started. He's like, what are you doing now? Have you ever thought about doing something with higher? I was like, no, I've already made that movie. I'm done with that. I uh, had a really horrible, bad experience towards the tail end of that movie. I kind of want to. You know, I appreciate what it did for my career, and I'm super proud of it. But I don't want to make that movie again. You know, so we start brainstorming, and uh, I came up with this idea, and he loved it too. And he's like, "I'll shepherd this with you. You know, Mm -hmm. I'll I'll be the executive producer, and we'll get this thing made." So there's that, and I'm working on uh, a really another interesting film right now that's uh, being edited. It's called In the Reeds. So it's about the harmonica and the the role that it played in creating the blues and how the blues made its way up to Chicago. And then from Chicago to the, to the British invasion, right. With the Rolling Stones and John Mayall and Led Zeppelin, all those Mm -hmm. bands. And, you know, in essence, they kind of created modern music as we know today. And it's all due to this little object, the harmonica, (laughs) right. Uh, But one of the things we're exploring in the film is how, you know, these, these, you know, Black artists that really invented the blues got the shaft, right? You know, right. one of these guys, you know, like we we explore Big Mama Thornton,
1: yeah,
0: you know, yes. and she's yes. famous for uh the rendition of uh Hound Dog, yes, it be, yeah. And a couple of weeks ago, I was fortunate enough to interview the guy that wrote the song, mm. uh, Mike Stoller, who was mm. part of libra and Stoller. They wrote all the Elvis, uh, every Elvis song, you right. know,
1: right? Right?
0: They wrote those, they uh, he wrote Stand By Me. Mm -hmm. you know so mike Stoller's still surviving and i went to go interview him and i asked him about working with big mama thornton Mm -hmm. and he just he's 90 years old but he recalls it like it was yesterday right right you know and the the craziest thing is he had finally made a little bit of money he had never been to europe before he was 17 18 years old when he wrote the song wow And he's like, I'm going to go to Europe and spend two months. So he did. And he led his songwriting partner, Jerry Lieber. They were living in Brooklyn at the time. Uh He's like, I'll meet you at Atlantic Records on this date at this time when I arrive on the ship. He went on a boat. Wow. So on the way back, the ship hits another ship and sinks. Wow.
1: Wow.
0: It's it's the second most tragic uh, shipwreck since the Titanic to this day. Number one, this other boats, number two. Mm -hmm. And uh, he survived, you know, he he got on a lifeboat, which didn't work. Like the rudder was broke from the crash, but uh, he was saved by uh, a French ship. You know, they, they came on and he said, when he got to the gangplank, his partner was there, Jerry Lieber. And he ran up to him, gave him a big hug. He goes, man, I'm so glad you survived. He goes, me too. He goes, but I have to tell you, we have a number one hit song with Hound Dog. He goes, what? Big Mama Thornton? He goes, no, this white kid named Elvis Presley. Wow. He's like, what are you talking Who's Elvis? What is Elvis? He didn't even know who Elvis Presley was. Mm-hmm. You know, so that happened. That, that got them a meeting with uh, the colonel. You know, and they went on to do Jailhouse Rock, Love Me Tender, all wow. those songs. Awesome. But yeah, uh, but he also understands that she got hosed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She didn't get any of the money, you know, and uh, it all went to to Elvis and, uh, to the guys who wrote the song, but, uh, you know, she died without a headstone. I mean, she was that poor, you know, wow. it's just, it's a tragedy that they don't get enough credit for the the music they did. So my, my job as a filmmaker is to tell that plight, you mm-hmm. know, that, uh, people should go back and, and buy these albums and, uh, and, and recognize, you know, the uh, sacrifices these guys made from Muddy Waters to Howlin' Wolf to Big Mama Thornton, uh Sonny Boy Williamson, all these yeah. guys, those trailblazers for what we hear today, and nobody knows them, you know?
1: Yeah, my, my wife is from Mississippi. and uh oh, interesting. I, I, yeah, I always know when I would go down to Mississippi, it was just because I'm from Charleston, so Charleston yeah. definitely has a history, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, I go to Mississippi, and I'm just like looking around. So she, when, when I took her to Charleston, she's looking around with like, you know what's going on, and the you know, the dialect of you know, I don't speak like that, but you know, my cousins a lot of my cousins have that dialect, they really do, right. and uh, um, right. and so when I went to Mississippi, I was just like, Man, you guys, you know, <laughs> you guys talk <laughs> a certain way, it was just different to me, it yeah, wasn't yeah, any yeah, disrespect, but it was just a different climate, a different culture, you know, even though they're. they're, they're it's, it was just different. I was just like, man, you guys, some of the country people I know. She's like, no, your people, some of the country people I know. I was oh, like, man, man this is tell you. this is crazy. Yeah.
0: yeah. So we had our team go to Clarksdale.
1: Clarksdale,
0: Yeah. Yeah. And interview yeah. a bunch of guys down there.
1: And
0: it's, yeah. It's ch- yeah. Just to hearing that <laughs> dialect, you're, you're right. It's like it's <laughs> like another country. Yeah. I was like, right. well, you know, we spent a lot of time in Chicago. We interviewed mm-hmm. some of the other greats. Uh, you know, Lee Oscar from the band War. Okay.
1: Low
0: ride. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, you, you're talking about an icon of mm-hmm. the harmonica that guy. Yeah. And then John Popper from the Blues Travelers, who's known as like the Eddie Van Halen. Of the right, right, right. Uh, but, you know, the cool thing about him is he does give props to the the Blues Masters that's because uh, that's who he learned from. He, he admired. But it's funny because a lot of the guys don't like him. Because the name of his band's called the Blues Travelers. He traveled,
1: right.
0: He to play blues. He plays rock and roll on the harmonica. So they're like, right. man, don't bastardize our, <laughs> our. But they like him as a person, just not as harmonica playing. It's well, funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that project, I got another one that's non-music, which is interesting to me because as much as I love music, we talked about it. It's like doing my job has hindered my love for music and lust for it that I had. You know, now it's more about the storytelling and yeah. And what these guys go through than it is about enjoying music right um but i got approached about doing a a, a wine series, so it's really interesting and it's not about you know there's documentaries or shows out there on wine about the wine tasting and the mm-hmm. notes and, you know what it pairs with right not interested in any of that what right. is the story you know because everything to me is story driven i got you and uh we came up with this really cool concept where you know we're wine really is the only consumable form of history that you can digest. Like what else, what else can you drink that tells the history? Right. right? right, Indeed. indeed. And we went to these big legacy families, like, you know, the Mondavi family, the Hirsch family, uh, the Peterson family, the godfather of Zinfandel. And we, we captured their life stories and the, the trials and, you know, turmoil it took to get, that wine into that bottle. You right. Know? You know, and with climate change now, it's even uh it's even tougher for them, you know. And uh I thought making movies was hard, but man, making a a great vintage of wine is, is devastating.
1: So so it's, did you go overseas? I'm sorry for cutting you off, did you go overseas yeah. or did you do do here also? Cause I've got uh some of my friends relentless in the for distilled entertainment, they live in Napa. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, he, he flew me out to Napa to marry he and his wife. You know, I was the officiant. And I was just, man, it was just beautiful out there. And then, you know, just going to these, these wineries and I, yeah. I don't drink or anything, but it's just going yeah. to, and just seeing it and just yeah, looking yeah, yeah. At it saying like, wow, this is, this is yeah. crazy.
0: Well, the cool thing is the host of the shows, uh, you know what a Psalm A is, they're like, they know everything about wine. All
1: oh, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So, this this lady is a master of wine. Mm-hmm. Took her about 10 years to become it. She, I mean, she can literally open up any bottle, take us just to smell blind, right? Not it's knowing what
1: else yeah. it is. And
0: tell you the region, the vintage, the varietal. Right. Like, they're so honed in, and she just knows so much. About all these families, man. So we went right. and visited all the families and, and got their stories and what it took to make that bottle of wine. Right. Wow. So now, when you're drinking that bottle of wine and you watch the show, you've got a whole new perspective. <laughs> right. of, Indeed. Wine, you're like,
1: well, that's very interesting, man.
0: Yeah. It's like, man, so much went into this. Yeah. Like, it's amazing, you know? And, that, and that's what our hope is, is that the audience will appreciate the stories and uh, learn something while they're yeah. drinking a bottle of wine.
1: Because no, I definitely was going to ask you, I was just like, "What else does What else does this Fran have in the works?" I know you, I you yeah, have yeah. something in the works. But I, listen, so of course I watched the episode with Frank. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You said so many things, and so you were saying things. I was just like, "Yeah, I, I just want you to talk about it again." So, <laughs> I, I, what do you talk about this? So, Ray Parker Jr., what does he yeah. mean to you personally? And I asked that question because, of course, something that you said on Frank's show how he took you uh-huh. from. And they ask you about this, and you know, about some money to, to to invest or whatever like that. I it blew my mind. I was just
0: like, yeah, man. So you know, Ray, like I said, is is really a dear friend of mine, mm-hmm. not just the subject of my movie, right, right? Um, one second, please. Oh, you did. Uh, he's also a mentor, man. I've learned so much from him on on so many levels. Like, if I had girl problems back, I mean, he was like, just, oh man. Right. You know, or like if I was doing too many things at once, just trying to make income, mm-hmm. you know, doing these little videos here, there he goes. Yeah. And he goes, let me tell you something. He goes, I'm gonna give you a piece of advice that I did. He goes, burn the B plan. Mm. Leave it behind or you'll never succeed. Cause you're always looking behind you. Yeah. You Make something in front of you that you don't even realize you're going to miss out. Right. So I did. I mean, I quit all these other things I was doing, just focus on the movie at hand. But, you know, he's very business savvy and he has been since he was a teenager. You got to remember when he put that hit for uh, Barry White, he was only 22 years old and he got a check for three, four million dollars at that young age. And he uh, he held on to it, man. Clive Davis was his mentor. He's like, you know, if I were you and I could buy a house in Beverly Hills right now, don't go buy a Rolls Royce. Wait till your third or fourth record. Wow. You know, see where you're at because a lot of these people just fail or just you know and when radio succeeded you know by the time he, you know, he did uh, the other woman man he was yeah. rolling yeah, plus he'd did. written songs for a bunch of people so we're in his backyard one day and he's smoking a cigar and dipping in some whiskey and we're just out there <laughs> and having a beautiful day in Calabasas in his backyard that looks like the Garden of Eden right. and he goes uh, you know how are you financially? I'm like, I got money, you know, I'm good. If shit hits the fan for right. six years, I'm okay. But he goes, I mean, you got in money market investing. And I was like, no, it's just in my bank account. He goes in his eyes, he just stood up. He goes, <laughs> bro, he goes, you're losing money every single day that your money's sitting in your bank account. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, what do you do? He goes, he goes, I invest money. There you go. I invest in the stock market. Yeah. You know, Cause, uh, if you take just 10 percent of whatever you make and put it in the stock market just don't don't look at it right. just let it 10 years from now you'll look at it and be shocked yeah. so i was like well how do i do this he goes who do you bank was i was like i'm with uh jp morgan you know with mm-hmm. chase he goes okay he goes well you want to do this now i'm like sure <laughs> He goes, how much money do you have and i told him you know it was a healthy amount of money he goes yeah. okay what to, to open up a td ameritrade to do day trading you need." I think it was $25,000. Mm-hmm. So we opened it up. I transferred the money over and I handed him my phone. I'm like, you buy my stocks for me.
1: Right.
0: Obviously you're doing really fucking well. <laughs> right. I'm gonna you. So he got me the usual suspects, Apple, Tesla, right. Nvidia, uh, Netflix, Facebook,
1: right. all that
0: stuff, you know, and uh, you know, that 35 grand, in just a few months, turned into like one hundred and seventy thousand dollars. You know, it's just keep growing. Of course, now the markets in a slump. Of course, yeah. But uh, you know, he told me, he goes, don't. He goes, don't look at it. He yeah. goes, always go what you know, what always goes up must come down, but it's gonna go back up. It's awesome, man. You know, because awesome. you, you got some good stocks that so just hang on to it. And uh you know, any anytime time I get a paycheck, man, I take ten percent. You know, usually what he he calls it parking your money in Apple
1: because
0: mm-hmm. Apple just has a history of just always it's just a, it's not going to go up like a tesla you right. know but mm-hmm. uh, you're going to get you know six seven percent return every year right so i take ten percent of whatever i make and i put it in apple wow just, and i don't i haven't looked at my stock market now since before the russian invasion because i'm too scared to <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm holding out hope that it's still there you know i still contribute you know there, there's a lot in there then there's okay. you know even my girlfriend man she's like have you heard of Morgan by uh, Goldman Sachs? I'm like, no. She goes, well, what Ray was telling me that was devastating to my money. Was it was just sitting in a bank account doing nothing?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But if you open up, uh, it's an account called Morgan by uh, by Goldman Sachs. It gives you 1.2 percent annually. Mm-hmm. So at least you're making something, right? Right, so right, right, 1.2%, right, right. 1.2 percent, zero point one percent. Well, you right. get nothing. Yeah. so you know I take some of my money and I put it there instead of just having it in a traditional bank account you know and then uh you know some of the other smart things I did was uh, opened up a line of credit with uh American Express platinum mm-hmm. they have you know you get like 120 thousand points and those points turn into free travel like I said when, you know her and I went to Cabo right all paid for by the points I just right. spend a dollar you know yeah, yeah. so you know is it easy getting one of those cards? Now, if you got good credit, yeah. you know you can get one. And, and uh, my credit was in bad shape for a bunch of years, and mm-hmm. then I finally got it together and qualified for the card. And then uh, they they introduced me to a business card, you know, right. the gold card, another hundred twenty thousand free points to open right. up, wow. you know, to open that up. And I utilize them. You, know, you can book your travel through mm-hmm. America. Express's website, and mm-hmm. then uh, you just use your points to get that. And anything you buy, you get, you know, if I buy an airline ticket, I get five times the points. So right. A, right. Yeah. At this point, I'm flying business because I'm a, a giant guy and it's right. not because I'm bougie or anything. It's just <laughs> it's like, it's more than three hours, I, you know, I'm usually am usually well,
1: comfortable. Yeah, I got
0: yeah. So you get five points back. And when you're spending 1500 to $2,000 a ticket, that's a lot of points. Of you're just building that stuff up. And they never, expire so that would be my advice man you know just because you don't have, you know if you don't have a big lump sum of money mm-hmm. you can still put money in the market and just just forget about it and uh you know i was scared to death because i see it go up and down constantly and especially now right. really down because we may be heading into a recession but i got to remember that we'll be out of it at some point it's you know i'm not retiring right. tomorrow right so, big. i'm big. playing out and i love working hmm and I intend on working until I'll probably drop, you know, because I really, really love what I do. Right. Like, me, it's not a job, you know, it's it's, it's awesome. So I'm going to forget about that money mm-hmm. until, you know, 50, what, 73, 74 years old and see what I got in there. I'll, I'm sure I'll be shocked like Ray was. Well,
1: I, I, now, now, I, I would have rolled back to something else. You yeah. told a story with Frank, and, I, and I'm referencing Frank now because it was just funny to me. And, and I can't remember which guy it was. You were on the bus with him, and he was getting on your damn nerves so badly. And then oh, you went-
0: uh, yeah, that's Aaron Lewis from the band Stain. So
1: it so was Aaron. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. He said he says, I read something today about a headline. I ain't bullshitting you either. He said something about trans people. He goes, I don't I don't agree with what they do, but they chop their penis, penis in half like a cucumber and take the seeds out and fold it and stuff it back inside like what who are you you know and i had to endure that for a bunch of years i rode yeah i was on his bus for the band has a bus and he has his own bus and he smokes cigarettes and weed like nonstop. (laughs) i don't smoke and i'm sitting there choking to death for two years Mm -hmm. on the bus and it just got to the point where we weren't seeing eye to eye politically like he's a you know He's so far to the right. If he goes any further, he's going to be climbing those capital steps, breaking in and wow. doing all shit, too. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, but I like him. I mean, we're good yeah. friends. Yeah, you know, I can call him up anytime and ask yeah. him for whatever, and he'll do it. And, yeah. and likewise, I like him as a person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just can't live with him. <laughs> so I went to Mike Mushock, the guitar player on the band bus. I'm like, I'm out. I can't take this shit anymore. He's driving me nuts, <laughs> cigarette smoking. We're just fighting. Right. This is fun. You know, <laughs> it's really hard being on the road. Mm-hmm. And being on the road, some of your button heads with is no fun. So Mike's like, We well, just grab all your shit, come on our bus. Right. Right. I didn't yeah. know that was an option. You know, and I was like, right. I thought I had a singer. He's like, No, I mean, he goes, and then he goes, what took you so long? <laughs> I thought you'd be back in like three or four weeks, you lasted this shit for two years. I was like, I know, man. So I did, and I lasted another six, seven years with that band before they wow. kind of disbanded.
1: Unbelievable, yeah but,
0: man. yeah, but he is really, you know, and I remember uh, Frank and I getting into uh the debate about uh abortion. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he's super pro life. Right, like, right. Even, right. even in the in the case of rape and incest, which I just can't wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. And you know, shortly thereafter, we had this tragic turnaround of Roe versus Wade. Now wow, they're seeing the effects of it now. You know, ten mm. year old girl raped. She had to cross, you know, county lines to get an abortion. Right, right. And uh, you know, these congressmen calling a liar. You know, if if it's not bad enough, getting raped and then getting pregnant, and right. your state wanting you to carry this thing to term. Yeah. It's not right. You know, I don't care what anybody says, you know, you. And on my ground. It's like pro pro choice. You know, I'm yeah. not portion. I'm not. It's just like, whatever you want to do with your body, it's, it's your it. choice. I feel you. I feel
1: you. I feel you. And Frank,
0: and Frank was,
1: <laughs> Frank,
0: Frank. Frank was like, no, man. I mean, if you get <laughs> rape, incest, you're have you should have that baby. I'm like,
1: Oh, my goodness, man. You know, there's so much stuff that comes with that. And I, I and I just think that people are just in their feelings about who they are. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I've just always been good to look at. First person. of all,
0: let me just stop here. We already know how emotional women are. Right, right. how pregnant or raped, right? <laughs> right <laughs> they're, fucking, they're crazy. Right. Imagine one of them getting raped and pregnant. I'm not to that
1: material correct Yes, it Yeah.
0: You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like it's not. Yeah. It's not. I sh- I'm not telling anybody what to do with their body. No, not at all, man. You I mean, want to get it's... tattooed? You want to get pierced? You want to get an abortion? You want to keep the baby? Live your life. Live yeah. your life the way you yeah. want. You're you're the one that's going to pay the consequences sooner or that's later. It.
1: Yeah, you, that's yeah. it. I agree with you on that one, man. Tell everybody, but it It's like, why are you always so at peace with their ass? Like, because that's none of my business. That over there is none of my business. I said, I'm worried about me. No. I got enough going on with my life, you know, <laughs> to, to, to worry about my next door neighbor or somebody around the corner. Man, I just don't have time for it if it's out of my control. There's nothing that I control is yeah. not affecting me now.
0: And of course, like you said, you're, yeah, you're around my age, and yeah, as you get yeah. a little bit older, the less you give a shit. Man, man, are you right? Just one,
1: are you just one year older than me. You know, I'll be 55 in September. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, yeah. I, my, my wife, I, yeah. I look at, I was like. I'm not worried about that. I just
0: know. I just want <laughs> peace, harmony to do my job. Just leave me the fuck alone. Don't ask. <laughs> That's all is that too much to ask for? Hey, I guess
1: some I just, states it is. I just want to be able to make some music because I love yeah. it so much and, and do this podcast that I'm loving so much. Can I just have that freedom? Can I have that freedom, please? Of course.
0: Yeah, man. <laughs> I love it. Well, I, guess, I get it, man. I'd, I'd hate to be a woman right now in this era. I really would. I pity yeah. all women right now in America because yeah. uh, yeah. it's a sad state of affairs for all of them.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm just all about love, man. I say it all the time. It's all love. And, I, and people are like, you think everything's love? I say, yeah, it is all love to be, man. It, it really is. Yeah. Really is. So, so let me ask you about um, F 26 production. Can you talk a little bit yeah. about that?
0: Talk to me about that, yeah. So you know, Ray, Ray and I, and another gentleman, were going to create a company called Power Cord Films. Mm-hmm. And after doing Ray's movie, Ray saw how hard it was. Ray does not need the money, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I don't want to work this hard." Right. <laughs> so we kind of right. like this. I have no hard feelings. It was just mm-hmm. like, and and honestly, I don't need Ray to make these movies or right. the other gentleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, not an ego thing. It's just you know, I know what time it is, and I'm. Mm-hmm. Um, working on three projects that are funded now. So, uh, I created F 26 productions and, uh, it's an all, all in-house production company. Uh, I got a great staff that I work with, you know, brilliant story, producers, editors, camera guys, uh, sound engineers, you know, um, and I'm very fortunate that I got to mix both my movies at Skywalker Ranch where, you know, George Lucas created that. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Star
1: Wars. Right.
0: And it's world climbing. Once your movie's there, you'll never hear it the same again. Anyway. Right. Why? Wow. It's just mind-blowing. Wow. So, yeah, it's a new company, but I've already got three projects under it. And uh, my offices are here in Santa Monica. And I'm mm-hmm. right next door, if anybody knows who J.J. Abrams is.
1: Yeah, J.J. Abrams. Yeah. yeah.
0: My office is right next door to his, you know. Wow. So, Santa, I didn't know that Santa Monica is such a big production hub for movies. Mm, really? There's a lot of stuff happening here. Yeah. You know, Michael Bay's office is here. Uh just a lot of lot of people, you know. Hans Zimmer, the the fantastic yeah. office. Right.
1: Music. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So a lot of talent here, and I'm glad to be in a pool of it. So
1: you do You just enjoy yourself, man, which is a good thing and and enjoy yeah. what you're doing. So How often do you do photography or is it just all about the video side now, the directing side?
0: You know, know, I I haven't taken a picture and I'm ashamed to say it in a long, long time. Because Yeah. Doing these movies is a a full time job plus OT. Right. So there's just no time, you know, and uh, I do own a camera. And if I got the opportunity to work with the right person, let's say a Dolly Parton or a Steve, I mean, that caliber. I would hone in my skills and try to remember the best I could and go out there and do the job because, uh, you know, I still love it. You know, is, is it a passion of mine? Like it used to be No. Yeah. you know, uh, and taking and doing photography is hard now because everybody's got a camera. You know,
1: yeah, I got one and, my, uh, my boy gave me, and then of course everybody got their to Where I got a little Nikon over there. You know, yeah. Around.
0: And then yeah. you know the, the making movie thing, like I said, is so hard. And I tell those people, I was like, if making a movie was so easy, everybody be doing Everybody it. would be doing it. It's really difficult, you know, from top to bottom. And I give credit to my team, uh everybody, editors, music supervisors, lawyers. Like they they keep me in check and and make sure we're doing it the right way.
1: Having those connections in that team is so important. I just remember Corey Lyra just saying, and so many other people that I know, they're like, you got to have a team, you got to have a team to do the things, man. And it's, it's, I've known for a long time, it's difficult trying to do things yourself and then not having the money to do things because it costs money to do stuff properly and right. It really does. And so I'm saying that and I'm going to, we'll, we'll get this. and We'll make this the last thing, but this is an interesting thing you remember. Yeah. Um, the guy that helped you out with hired guns that you introduced him to a, uh, Alice Cooper.
0: That
1: That was another great story, man. You know, let me tell you, yeah, his
0: name is Todd Polson. He's like a brother to me, literally like, We talk almost every single day, still awesome. to the day. Like awesome. and I see him as often as I can, and he'll come out here and support me. But uh, I met him at a stain show. He did a meet and greet, mm-hmm. right? So people pay money to meet the artist, get right. a picture, and a right. or whatever. Yeah. And he was wearing an Alice Cooper shirt, mm-hmm. and immediately I was just like, "You're an Alice Cooper fan?" He's like, right. "Favorite artist." And I was like, "Mine too." So <laughs> we had that common immediately, and I didn't right. know the wealthy guy. We start talking and he goes, well, how long have you been out here on the road? I was like, yeah, I've been doing this since 2000. This may have been, you know, 2013, I guess. I've been doing it a while and we're having, i invited them to catering to eat with us and his mm-hmm. wife was with him. I was like, what about, what do you do? He goes, well, I'm in the wool business. I'm like, really? Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. You know his wife chimed in. He goes, "Yeah, he did pretty good for himself." You know, if you would have told me that I'd be married to a multimillionaire and da 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 da. But uh, I didn't care about any of that because I, I wasn't even thinking of higher gun at the time. But we right. exchanged numbers when we became fast friends, and mm-hmm. you know, our love of the same kind of music. But, but, he's almost like Aaron Lewis politically. Okay. Yeah, right, right. so far to the right that it's mm-hmm. scary, man. And we yeah. have battles, but not right. like Aaron. We can at least have a, phone, a, a talk. We got after.
1: respect for each other.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. But he'll tell me how wrong I am. I'll tell him how wrong he is, and yeah. try to explain his side of the point. I'm like, right. man, I don't give a shit about the Constitution. <laughs> it's meant to be amended. There are amendments, you know. You forget that. Uh, you know, right. oh man, I saw the the four. I was like, dude, the four. That's 200, 300 years ago, <laughs> right. fuck! It never was going to happen. Right horsey, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. That's right. What are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, when I was on the still on the road, you know, I was slogging it out, still on the road. Then I was out with a band called Five Finger Death Punch for about three good. years. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they were getting ready to do a world tour, and we started in Tokyo. Right, flew from LA to a 13-hour flight, yeah. and we went from there to Okinawa, then to New Zealand. It was just long flights, and yeah. we got to, to Australia, Ivan Moody, uh, and it's no secret that he was an alcoholic, and a wonderful guy though. Like I enjoyed my time with him when he was sober, right. But he was heavily in under the influence at that time. He got really fucked up and. They say assaulted a stewardess or something on the airline Mm -hmm. in Australia. And they were all fly dates as part of the, uh, some festival, I can't remember the name of it, but we're there for like a week and a half, two weeks. And I remember the plane landed, he got arrested and we got banned from Qantas, we had to rebook everything on, uh, Virgin airlines at the time. And by the time we were done with that run in Australia, I was was like, man, I'm going to be 50 years old. I'm touring with five finger death. What am I doing? what am I doing here? Yeah. I got to make a career change. You know, and I knew that I couldn't do that job forever because touring is no fun. You can't keep a relationship, you know, and it's, it's just yeah. wear and tear on your body, man. And it's like yeah. a groundhog. we're a groundhog day. Every single, the first few years. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. When you make it a career and you're just relying on it for money to bring home and you're making good money. But at the same time, you don't have a life. You have to go Yeah. have to, there's yeah. no, calling in sick <laughs> right. so, well, I'm going to go home no you got to stay the course and do the job yes, so by the time we got to Singapore I'm sitting in the back of the bus and the idea hit me for hired a gun mm. you know and I was really influenced by a film called 20 feet from stardom
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, I beg everybody to go watch it it's wonderful it's about backup singers
1: what?
0: And I won the Oscar the year that it came out. And uh, I was like, man, what if I did a movie like that, but about the musician side of things and make it a little bit more contemporary? Right. You know? And uh, I still had five weeks to go with Death Punch in Europe after after Singapore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that whole flight from Singapore to Stockholm, I think it was 17 hours straight. I was obsessing about making this movie and That's just true. thinking in my head the themes and who it's I could be yeah. like. That was excited, man. And I told yeah. the band like a week before the last show, I was like, I'm retiring from touring. This is what I'm going to do next. I wish you the best of luck. Wow. Kiss my ass. I'm not coming back on tour again. <laughs> I landed in the States, man. I took about two days off just to regroup and get my legs under me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I financed the first bit of hired gun myself. Yeah. It was called a sizzle reel, which is like a trailer that you go shop to investors. Mm-hmm. I told Todd about it, and he goes, well, hell, who you gonna who you gonna get at it? He's super country. I'm like, man, I'm gonna have try to get Alice Cooper, you know, just all these bands that, that right. hire musicians. Right. Because I'm interested. I was like, are you sure, man? I was like, you're you're like a brother to me. I don't want to, I don't want this to get weird. He goes, Don't worry about it. I got enough money where if it sinks, I just want the experience. Yeah. Well, I get to Alice Cooper, I'm like. Man, you give me a million dollars, you can meet the Pope. <laughs> you can go meet my mom. You, can, whatever you want to do, right. I'll do it yeah so he did you know and i got to meet alice cooper and he got to meet a bunch of other people like he loves to obviously because awesome. of right 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 and there used to be a badass back in the house fan too so okay. yeah you know, he wanted to meet Derek st holmes and and they became friends so they're now they're friends and, awesome. You know, awesome yeah and he's, he's become friends with a lot of the cast members got you, you know you. they all love him and i love him And yeah. like i said we talked to this day and he's he made some money back you know it's a. Yeah. Uh, it's you a know,
1: beautiful story man i'm telling you it's a yeah, beautiful man. story man and beautiful. how things link up and how yeah. people link up and how music is brought music brought me to you music brings yeah. us, music is, is universal man it's the most beautiful thing in the world i say music is my drug man it's my yeah. drug it's yeah. a time machine i love music man the, you is- know the,
0: the the cool you know you talk to me about what i listen to or whatever mm. or what inspire you know like Judas Priest to me is my favorite band of all right. time. Okay. To me, they're not even a band. They're almost like a religion. Got gotcha. you. Right. Gotcha. When I hear Rob Halford's voice, uh-huh. That's it's, uh, the metal guy is uh-huh. godlike. Like yeah, he is.
1: He's that guy.
0: He is the, the the king. Yeah. And then I really like this new It's not a new band. They've been around for a few years now, but my son introduced me to them called Ghost. Ghost. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of remind me of a throwback to the '70s, right? Yeah. They're super melodic, kind of right. like blue and cold, like yeah. just just great musicianship, yeah, and all that. And then if you remember the band Stabbing Westward, well, Stabbing. yeah, they they had some big hits in the mid '90s. They kind of went away, but they just put out a new record called Ghost,
1: mm-hmm.
0: ironically enough. Right, but it's a masterpiece, beginning to end. Stabbing Westward, everybody check it out yeah but uh and, and today they just revealed that the singer has throat cancer and i think sounds like they caught it early enough where he's going to make a full recovery yeah, But yeah but the, the album's wonderful I, I implore everybody to go listen to it it's, it's really cool and he's got such a unique voice you know and then uh, if anybody wants to watch any of my movies i'd like to give a little bit of uh like, you're going
1: into it. That's the, we're going to end it like that. You're, you're about to hit it, man. You're a professional, man. So, yeah, so let's, higher,
0: let's tell everybody about your stuff, man. Where they, yeah, so huh. higher Gun, uh, you know, when Netflix came to us and, and acquired it, they did it for a two-year, you know, they licensed stuff right. back then. Now they do their own projects, you know, mm-hmm. not so much back then. So they had it for two years. Then uh, Amazon Prime came in and took it away from them. Right. So if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, it's free to watch right. on there. I mean, got it. But if not, I think it's like $3.99 to watch. What? and It's worth a watch. If you love music and love a behind-the-scenes, like, raw to the nerve story, there's some stuff in there you've probably never heard before, you sure. know, that'll open your eyes. And then Ray's movie, you know, Sony picked it up if you're on a flight if you're on any american airlines united worldwide you can watch it on there for free uh and then it's on all the streaming platforms you right. know Apple tv everywhere else for 3.99 uh, you can watch it and, and i think that's just a window for about three months before it goes on a hulu or a netflix or something right. I'm usually yeah. trying to do that kind of stuff but yeah any streaming platform and uh if you love stories and if you love to learn about things that otherwise you'd not know about uh, especially in Ray's case, you know, uh, he's got a fascinating, wonderful story and, uh, sure. the fact that he was able to get out of that, uh, at Detroit alive after what happened with, with the cops and stuff, you know, yeah. he put a really big beat down where he didn't think he was coming out of that alive. And, uh, that's what inspired him to pick up the guitar and get his 10,000 hours and really yeah. hone his skill yeah. and become arguably, and a lot of people don't know, but you know, when you hear Steve Lukather, David Foster and all these guys, tell you That's stevie Wonder too he's the greatest rhythm guitar it's player that ever right it's the truth man when you hear him play this shaka khan lick yeah. you got the love you'll bowl over man amazing yeah yeah i was gonna say he stayed humble this whole time you know uh i don't want to say he's got an ego i think it's more uh confidence and you'll see that come across in the film
1: you Indeed, know. man. Look, I, I, I believe in that. I try to tell people all the time. I say, I don't have a ego. I'm just confident in who I am. That's all it exactly. is. All yeah, I yeah. Don't, don't take, don't, I'm a humble dude. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm good to
0: go. Well, you know, one of the things as an artist, you know, you got to have the confidence. You right. can't uh, envelop yourself in fear of and failure because you're going to fall down a few times, That's but right. uh, you know, if you got the ambition and you're a, you're a doer and you just, you know like i said man it's hard man even as a musician i know i see guys you you have to sacrifice your soul to get what you want done and get it to the finish line and it's it's hard it's an uphill battle the whole way to the end but once you get there the most satisfying thing is you as an artist is getting on that stage and watching the crowd sing back to you nothing like it Yeah, when I go to the movie theater to premiere one of my movies and sitting in the crowd and they're laughing where I want them to laugh, they're crying where I want them to cry and they're cheering, I want them to cheer. I get satisfaction out of that.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, look, man, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much for your time.
0: It's amazing.
1: And of course, that, you know, We'll have to do it again whenever you get time, man. Uh, listen, I'm down. If I my show is your show to come on and do whatever you want to do. You are really that guy, man. You are really that guy, and I really, really uh, appreciate it. I'm honored to have you. Thank you. Oh, I'm very, honored to be very, on, man. Very much,
0: man. Yeah, and and thanks for thinking of me. This has All been right, fun. Come on, man.
1: Stop playing, man. You're that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies right. and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, once again, it is live and loud with the Lord on the CMS Network. Yes, indeed, and it's the big guy, man with the unbelievable, unbelievable, remarkable, talented. This is the guy, ladies and gentlemen, and he's educated us also so much, and he has so much more to talk about, and we'll have to revisit this most definitely. Mr. Well,
0: I'm going to leave you with this. The, the next, anytime we're in a room and you're introducing me to somebody, mm-hmm. introduce me just like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, listen. I going? got you. I got awesome. you. You are that guy. You are oh, that guy. I, I feel, like feel like rock. rock. I want to go. Listen. Yeah. I don't <laughs> care what all those people on the other side of Mars said about you. I know the real deal. <laughs> it's all Oh, up. man. Thank ladies you so and much, Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Franz Strain. thank you so much, man. Glad thank you, buddy. Today, man. Thank, you. thank, all you, thank you. All right, man. Be good. Thank you. Thank Bye. Care. All right. <laughs> Strange in your neighborhood. Who you going to call?
0: He writes. He produces, he engineers, he plays all the instruments, he sings, he does it all. He is a one-man band. He is Ray Parker, Jr. Ray Parker, man, who is this cat, man? Ray is the greatest living rhythm guitar player. I mean, he's just badass. This man came in with a style that none of us had ever heard before, and none of us have ever heard since.
1: kid playing guitar and he says i like the way you play can you play with the big boy 15 years old, playing with Marvin Gaye, Smokey Robinson, The Temptations, and Gladys Knight. He started playing it, and he was good. I was, I was really, I was shocked. I said, Stevie, you gotta hear this guitarist. Is this Ray Parker Jr., this is Stevie Wonder. First thing you
0: think, this is my friends are playing a prank. Come on, Stevie, what, he's calling me. I took the phone and hung it up, click. I called him back and said, hey, this is Stevie, not playing, you hang up on me
1: again, you get punched out. I'm in L.A. doing sessions with Barry White, Boss Skaggs, and Herbie Hancock. Herbie Hancock is like music royalty. Ray was able to add that groove in a way that, that nobody can. I got the call to come play on Bill Withers' record. This was just too cool. You know, I'm going to play with Bill Withers. When I wake up in the morning,
0: love. I was at the top of my game. You know, you sit in that chair, and you're expected to give your all and sometimes you give too much, and sometimes you don't get enough for it.
1: I mean, it was devastating. I'm sitting at home in a dark room looking at TV, and there's a guy I never
0: met before collecting my Grammy, and he didn't get the credit for it. Ray'd been on plenty of hit records, million sellers all over the place, but it wasn't his record. As a studio player, you were part of the the puzzle. I wanted to be the whole puzzle, and so did Ray. He was dreaming of stardom, you know, and his dreams came true.
1: Ghostbusters went to number one in 52 countries around the world. If you go up to anybody and you go, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. I mean, everybody knows this song. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters. I can't. See